everyone, and welcome to another episode of Winner Winner, a Player Unknown Battlegrounds podcast. This is episode 56. On the podcast tonight, we have MTP Trigger. Hey, yo. Grifflicious. Yellow. And Heathy Keithy. Hey, hey, how are ya? As well as yours truly, One Heart. Okay, so today we're going to start with the new update that dropped today, January 22nd, for console. Uh, that's right. If you're listening now, that means Vikendi has finally made its way to the live servers for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So get it updated and see what's new. Then we're going to dive into Garoka for our first location highlight in a while. Cover MPL updates for all you competitively minded listeners. MPL stands for National PUBG League for the Uninitiated. I looked that up tonight. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to get into some speculation for the next update for PC. To wrap things up, we also want to issue a new challenge for you all and take a look at what is new in Ring of Elysium, another battle royale that has people talking lately. This is a game that Heathy and I like a lot, but Trigger and Griff just can't get into. Alright, so uh, let's get started. Let's do it. Rock and roll. Alright, so I'm just going to go over a little bit of what's happening for Xbox and PS4. The patch is live. Um, I'm going to link those uh, show notes for everybody if they want to see them. Um, but basically, the map is here, the Vikendi Pass is here, and uh, I do want to note before we jump into anything that uh, there's still separate patch notes, so you'll notice that in the show notes. Uh, this means that they're not yet on console parity, so we can't get too hopeful yet that we're going to see any uh, coming console crossplay. Um, not until we get that parity, at least. Um, so uh, this will be just me for a second because I'm the only uh, Xbox player here. Um, sorry, guys, I don't have a PS4 yet. Maybe someone wants to gift me. I can check that out, too. Just kidding. Don't do that. So Xbox patch notes. Um, really, it's just the Vikendi Pass and the G36, the stuff you guys have been playing with for a while. But I have heard, I haven't been able to drop in yet, uh, that the... Um, Parachute has come over without any testing to the stream or to the uh, live servers today without testing, but people are saying it's working pretty well. Um, so other than that, I tried to get on today. I had a bug where it wouldn't download. Apparently some people had that and did a fresh install. Uh, there's some bugs going on where people are falling through the map as they're running or they'll drive over a bridge and the car just goes completely underneath um, and some other weird bugs, but overall it's running pretty well. Um, I have been told that there's some rendering issues when you're dropping in without an SSD card. Um, but overall, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so like I said, we'll put those uh, notes in there. And uh, and then we're just going to dive in now to Goroka. And before we do that, uh, I think that with the uh, parachuting for console, yeah. that's one of those interesting areas where I actually think the you call them the sticks... That sounds weird for me to say. Uh, but the sticks would probably be way better for the new parachuting mechanic because of how agile it is. That's true. I've always felt like the parachutes were pretty easy on console when I was playing. But, I mean, it definitely could help having just that little extra um, like momentum changes. So, basically, for those who haven't gotten on to Xbox or PS4 yet, the like thing is, is you can hold Shift um, on PC to uh, kind of speed up how fast you're going, um, and it'll put you in a straight nosedive. And you need to do that going more than 230 kilometers an hour. Um, otherwise, when the parachute hits, you're going to slow down to almost zero kilometers per hour and, and drift in a lot later than everyone else. So the old wave dive, uh, as we talked about before, is gone now. And instead, what we're getting is um, uh, 
you just kind of want to coast out and make sure you have enough time to nosedive straight into the map. If uh, I may, I actually have a good way. tip on that if anybody wants to hear it. No, I don't want to hear it at all. No, I'm just well, all right then. Um, well, I can't take credit for this. Um, there was a gentleman, I believe it was on Reddit, and forgive me for not remembering who this was, um, but he had posted a link to a video, and it was super short. It was something like 45 seconds. It was like just very bare bones minimum. But he said to get the most out of diving and landing first, you will land first almost more than everybody else if you do this, is you want to jump out of the plane one kilometer, so it's a thousand meters, one big black square's distance worth of space between where you jump and where you want to land. And once you're within that 120 to 100 kilometer distance from your landing zone, that's when you want to dive. And if you do it just right, you will have barely enough time to hit 234 kilometers per hour or the, the max uh, down velocity that you can have before automatically deploying your parachute and making it on the ground. And I've been doing that pretty much exclusively since I learned about that video last week. And it's no joke. It, it will be probably the best thing you start doing as far as parachuting. No, and so it was I, a full sorry. kilometer for that? I'm sorry. No, yeah, you're right. I've just been really trying to do the wacky jacky technique, the newer one, and I'm, I'm not getting it. So it's nice to hear another technique yeah, and to try. This is, and it's just super simple. You just jump and straight out. Make sure you're not diving. You just go straight towards your target. And then once you're within about 100, 120 meters, that's when you just hit shift or just push yourself down straight down as fast as you can go. So no early diving at all, like the wacky jacky method? Nope. Because I think that leaves room for you to just hold on a little too long, right? And then kind of undershoot or overshoot, right? Right. Yeah, and the one thing you want to be certain of is that if you know you're going to, if you think you're going to be short, dive sooner than later, because at least you can steer your parachute as it's drifting. What you don't want to do is not hit that high speed of velocity, and then you're just stuck in the air watching everyone else dive past you. Every time, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's a really bad spot to be in. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to just be stuck up in the air like an a-hole. Just going, oh, well, I'll get a gun whenever everybody else finds theirs. No, that's fine. Yeah, and it's also worth noting with this new parachuting mechanic that you can actually go a lot further uh, when you flatten out. So if you drop too soon, you can go way more horizontal with this new mechanic. So don't be freaking out if you feel like you're short, because you can coast a long way when you hit the end of that parachute flight path. Um like, shockingly, you can go really far. I wish I knew the exact amount when you hit that bottom, but it's shocking how far you can go. That's cool. So, why not, do you know if the Xbox and the PS4 guys have got a functional FPP mode yet? Hmm. So, that sorry, is no, still sorry. kind of a tough one. So, both, both consoles have it now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, on Xbox, it's always kind of been this thing where it's, you know, kind of dead on EU, uh, where it's it's available, but you can't even get into the games. Um, there's yeah. been times where it's, it's out in the EU. Um, and then if you were looking at places, you know, like Australia, they had no access at all. The OCE region as a whole just had no first person. We, we um, don't even have it on PC at the moment. Yeah. It's it's just dead. We get, we get pushed out so, and so it's it's died a lot, not completely. I think you can find a few games a day, but if you're just trying to get faster games in, 
I've noticed all the streamers that I've watched um, on Xbox have just been playing TPP because one, they can play with all the other guys who are creating content on Xbox and just, you know, do squads and all that stuff, which makes it obviously just more fun having all communities kind of like, you know, jumping around and then talking shit to each other and, and those guys, you know, get to play with each other more instead of just splitting the player base and the, the streamer base, right? But uh, on PS4, they have, I think they have squads, first person in the EU, and then solo NA, and then the rest of the world still, they say, doesn't have it. So that's a big thing where we want both versions, Xbox and PlayStation, to get um, on the same level, that get that parity between the patches. Um, and then once we do that, we could potentially see them open up crossplay. I know Sony's been kind of not wanting to do that for a while, but for the health of this game, it would really help. But I think it would help every game that can take it, right? Uh, yeah. So I would love to see that happen. I find it rather interesting, the fact that first-person perspective, even though it's, like, when I first started playing this game, it was on Xbox, and I switched over to first-person because, well, shoot, that's what all the guys on PC did. They, that's what they played. So uh, I wanted to try that, and I got a lot of resistance and pushback from the guys that I used to play with, and even to this day, they all still just play third-person perspective on console. And my thinking is that because this game caters more to a casual market on console, um, being the fact that the game is underpowered and it only runs at half the frames, uh, I'm curious if the the market just doesn't care about first person because they are a more casually minded audience as far as that's concerned. I mean, not what? if you ask them, though. <laughs> not if you ask them. I know there's some guys listening who are shaking their fist at you right now. I mean, there's guys, there's competitions happening all over the place. You know, our friends at, uh, our friends um, over at uh, Hot Drop, they did their tournament just now, or just That's last right. week. It was really, you know, that was fun. There was a lot of issues with that. Discord went down and Xbox on the same day they were trying to do that. Yay. So hats off to them for sticking it out. Um, but that, I, I checked in a little bit. That, that looked like it was a lot of fun. Um, some of the other guys I know, they're doing tournaments all the time. So it's not like there's not people interested in that um, who don't want the mode. But I think what happened was, I think we talked about this, uh, Stop Collaborate and I talked about this, with uh, not having the field of view being wide enough. So it felt like you were in mm. a, like a tunnel. Right. Um, and I think it was locked at 70 FOV. And so they've just, with this update, and sorry for kind of rushing through that intro, uh, that was a little a little scrambled everybody, but uh, they, they bumped it up to... 103, I think, is the max. So you can either go 70 or something like that to 103. And bumping it all the way up is what I would recommend. It might take a little bit of getting used to, but you're going to be able to see people on your left and your right while you're looking dead center a lot easier. Um, so explain what that does. Because I, honestly, I've never really messed with that, even on the PC. Is it really? just like a your peripheral? Or what's the, what is yeah, that? basically. So it's your entire field of view. So whatever you're seeing on screen, when you enhance that, then it brings in a lot of extra peripheral on your left and right side of your screen. Um, essentially, think about it in terms of like looking through the game at a fisheye lens. So there's a couple of things that happen there. Obviously, you're able to, able to see more on the sides, but your focal view in the center is actually skewed further away from you, the, the wider your field of view is. Uh, and at the same time, it also adds more... Uh, it's more taxing on your GPU because you're not. So, does anybody know what the default is and what the max is? For like PC alone? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. 
the default huh. field of view. Um, I think their maxes go. I think the maxes go a little bit higher than than one of three. I think it's one twenty. Uh, the first time, as it that seems like it would be crazy. <laughs> um, but I remember the first time I ever tried changing field of view was for Titanfall two, which had the option, and it like helped everything in that game, and I think really made me like able to to react a lot faster with how quick that game is, and so I was really excited to see it come to Xbox and. I'm hoping that more people pick it up now. I was thinking that that's what they were waiting on for uh, getting Vikendi over to PS4 and getting the first person stuff over was get the slider in there and then see if we can kind of resuscitate the mode. Because I think if people played it again and played it now with like the stability that we're at on console, they would like it a lot more and maybe even stick around. But I, I think, think it's just not available. It's just got two... Li- Two big limitations in my mind, which with the field of view, you can only do so much again because the GPUs on those consoles are pretty limited and they're already kind of pushing them at their max as it is, uh, especially if you're using just the base Xbox One and the PS4. But on top of that is the fact that the game doesn't translate very well to a controller. Uh, I know that they've done a lot of work to make it better, but if you're used to a game like Halo or Call of Duty where those controls feel very one-to-one responsive and you switch over to PUBG, it doesn't feel the same. Like it's kind of clunky in a sense. Like, don't get me wrong, you can definitely get used to anything. Uh, I mean, I I figured out how to play Killzone 2 for <laughs> months at a time and that game does, it's like total ass. But um, it, it's a, just one of those things where... <sighs> I don't know why they didn't decide to do it better or at least go, hey, we're going to convert the controls to a controller versus just taking the sort of broken system we had from PC and porting that over. I don't know. I disagree um, a little bit because uh, when you think about it, I think looting with a controller in first person, like ground pickups is probably harder. But if you if you get used to looting through the menu, you're not going to notice too much of a difference between the modes at all. And then when you're actually running around and moving, I feel like first person feels a lot more fluid and normal, especially to someone who's you know used to Halo and Call of Duty. It feels a lot better rounding a corner and running through a field. You know, actually seeing some of the weapons sway of your gun while you're kind of just running. Mm-hmm. All that stuff lends to the game feeling faster than it does in third person in third person that's that camera being behind you just kind of slows down the whole pace of the game in my opinion so it it feels better to me it definitely does feel better i just i think it could be better than what it is and that's that's really just my biggest gripe and why i end up switching to pc yeah no i mean there's obviously benefits to switching to pc you know you get frames you get the ability of the mouse and the keyboard which just makes all the different macros so much easier, right? But you get to dump all your hardware sure. money into your hardware. Every yeah. week. Because <laughs> there's always something better to put on it. Uh, yeah. The millions of upgrades you can make. You never start off, like, you start off with a cheap budget build idea and it just spirals out of control. Mm, quickly. Yeah. yeah, and I think all that's good. I think the point, though, is that they are making improvements even with the limitations that are present on console and giving people options, which is going to let people choose on their optimizations. So my encouragement would be, look, FOV is not something I ever even considered, and I'm probably playing on default. 
and it makes me really nervous that maybe I need to change that around on PC. But if the default for Xbox and PS4 was lower and they just increased that, and it can provide an advantage, I, it's worth checking out. I think it's really cool that they're putting those updates in, even at this point, even with limitations. But if you've been playing on those versions, you're just getting more options. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. If you've been playing and watching uh, streams for so long on PC, and you've always you know, felt a disconnect because you play in third person and things don't feel the same, now is probably a good time, if it didn't feel right before, to get back in there and see how things feel, things, see how things run, and maybe it is the right mode for you. You know, um, It's always nice to be able to flex, especially on Xbox, because... You know, you'll find other people who are like, I just don't play that. But for your own personal games, I would I would give a couple solos a shot or find a friend who uh, does like to play it. Let's see what it is. See what it's like. For sure. All right, so we actually spent a little more time on uh, Xbox than I thought. Got some good feedback from <laughs> or input from you guys, too. Let's jump into Garoka here, though. Um, mm-hmm. Did you guys get to do some drops beforehand? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> you've been away. You've been away. I've been away, yeah. But I've, I dropped there once, and I've had an in-circle there once, which I really enjoyed. Well, I actually like? got quite a few in, so I'll, uh, I'll let Heath talk about his one drop first. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my one drop was just right into the middle, so you've got that multi-tiered city, which is, you know, there's lots of three-story and two-story buildings in there, and it was great because I'm... I'm really into the audio, you know, get in the building and have a listen to where the people are around you and then just start moving on people straight away. And it, yeah, it, was, it was really easy to identify people, particularly the people up the hill I found easier to attack, which I wouldn't have thought that would be easier. But it, it was good. Um, and I ended up in another game in the final circle and I was stood out on the ice and people just didn't look out there. They just assumed no idiot would stand out there and I just stood out there with a big gun and, and shot loads of people. Nice. That's my only experience with it, so I'll pass the baton. <laughs> and you went on vacation, had no internet, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've been away for the last week. No, don't, don't apologize for resting up. Chill. Well, if, uh, if I may, I've had a few experiences here myself. Mostly, though, uh, it hasn't actually been in the city, but more or less that little uh, Chaco Manor there on the top of the hill that overlooks the city from the other side of the lake. Uh, okay. ca- call it that because it's Chaco Taco's favorite building I think on the entire map for whatever reason like he just loves being there and it's an insane building to defend too it's like three or four stories with like 80 windows and 17 doors it's insane um, but uh, yeah I-, I love that as a good perch overlooking the city and um, yeah, I don't know I don't really have too much else other than that it's neat <laughs> Time right, to triggered. get triggered. Let's go. Was that going to be a new segment? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should be. We thought about um, it. So I, I focused most of my drops. So if you're looking at the map, um, you've got the big frozen lake to the south. And there's four buildings that are side by side just on the north side of it on the east town of Garoka. And I found myself dropping there a lot. The reason for it was the consistency of loot, and it's it's got this awesome layout where just on the north side of it, you have these stairs that go up to the next level, and that presents like a really awesome opportunity to get 
information that you need when you're going after people. So have any of you guys played on those stairs yet or messed around with moving up and down them? Mm-mm. No. Not too much, no. So this is something I would encourage everybody to use because you can get a ton of visual information and expose almost none of your body. Whereas when you're peeking windows, when you're running around in the ice on this map or you're running around in the snow, you have a ton of issues with just being spotted. But in this town, there's tons of verticality and you can use these stairs to your advantage and you can get info on almost the entire rest of the map from that southern section. So, oh, really? Th- absolutely. So you can hear footsteps in the far northern part of the, of the town, like up on that hill, mm-hmm. from that first set of stairs on the south side. Oh, dang. That's pretty far. So I love that. There's also a garage that's just outside of that on the southern edge right next to the ice. So if you drop there and you win it, you almost always have a Dacia in that garage. It's a pretty consistent spawn point. So I focused a lot of my drops there after finding that garage. Um, and you also kind of know that no one's really coming at you from the south unless it's Griff uh, <laughs> or Keith running across the ice. Yeah, just skating. <laughs> but it's, it's especially in the beginning of the game, you really don't have anybody moving in from your south. So if you hmm. take that south kind of border you're going to be in a really good spot because you can eliminate people coming in directly from your south and you're really only worried about the edges and the people to the north. Yeah, it definitely favors uh, a lot of good positional awareness as well as having found, you know, four, six, and eight X scopes and kind of camping, not like camping out in those buildings, but, you know, like taking up position and sort of watching over the whole lake as the circle closes in. Yeah, and, as, and on the whole, to your point, this, this area, as I started dropping there, I've more consistently found uh, 4Xs, DMRs, and ARs than any other town uh, that I had been consistently dropping to. That's positive. The other, <laughs> right, which is what we were talking about all last week. Um, we really, I don't know, we kind of beat that one to death. And there's, we're going to get into it later in the episode with something that just got released tonight with the loot situation. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> but I think it's worth noting that on almost every t- on every single drop that I did here, I left with an AR and at least a 3X, which I cannot say the same for other parts mm. of the map. So I was really, really impressed by that. Um, and there's also... There's just a ton of things you can do here. I mean, if you come to this area later in the game, which, again, I was really trying to go here knowing we were doing this location highlight, and I found on the north side you have a ton of rock cover, and you can look in and get a ton of information on a bunch of different spots. You can jump onto roofs, use the vertical cover to your advantage. If you're running around on the ground through this town in the mid-game, you're doing it wrong. You're going to get spotted. You're going to get heard. Do something that people aren't expecting. Hit those roofs. Hit those stairs. Use the ice. No one expects someone to be on the ice. I actually think that's a funny funny sort of strategy, honestly, because no one's looking there. Who's who's running across the ice? Me, he is. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it by choice, but it worked out. <laughs> Just happened to be there. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's kind of my experience on it. Um loot i mean i've I really dropped in the center and the southern part 
I didn't hit the western part in the early part of the map because I found buildings that I like. That southern part, for me, works with my playstyle. Um, I'm intrigued by the west side. I like running through that because you have interesting cover around there, but I didn't really drop there. Hmm. Yeah, so from my experiences with it, like you'd think that the top, like the you know, not exactly the houses that are like the little four or five buildings that are up, way up on the mountain more, but the very tip of Garoka, that main encampment of buildings, you would think that's like the best place, but there's really not as many angles you think to look down into the town unless you kind of dig in a little bit more, and at that point you find that that middle level, there's like three levels, like three tiers to the uh, houses there. Mm-hmm. At least at least on the uh, more eastern side, right? There's like three distinct tiers. And right. in that, there's some of those three-story buildings. And there's a lot of actual windows that you can shoot into, but more defensively shoot out of towards the people that are running south down the hill at you. Um, and it could be really hard to kind of spot the people sitting there waiting, listening, uh, before you're out in the open and getting hit. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe, maybe the middle is kind of the play there. And then decide if you have to move up to face a team, which I think would be the smarter play is to move up towards them than to try and push down right away. Um, or if you can kind of just keep holding it, keep looking down and keep making your way through the town. I don't think there's one particular rotation yet that I've seen anyone doing that's working, but maybe the maybe the middle tier is more of the defensible spot, even though it seems a little counterintuitive. <laughs> You know, one thing that I do owe you, One Heart, from last week, is uh, is an apology. <laughs> what? Be- because now that I've had time to, you know, really enjoy my Vikendi Pass, uh, what I've come to learn is, I like Castle. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Yeah, that, that, that damn mission forced me into it. And, uh... Yeah, now I'm just a big dumb bitch. I look back at that episode and I just think of all the things I said. I, was just, uh, I totally flipped the script on it, man. Like, did he? It, did he actually say sorry? Uh, almost. <laughs> I might have. <laughs> he, he said he owes him an apology. Didn't give one. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm just saying it's out Still there. Still pending. A big, yeah. big IOU. Yeah. No, it, I remember saying that I thought it was very confusing uh, and that all the the buildings and the verticality of Castle. Uh, you just kind of get lost, and that statement is still true. But if you have to way. land there, if you have to land there twenty times in a row, you start to learn your way around, and it's not too bad. And uh, I was actually finding some decent success. Even got managed to get out of the castle a few times. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a big hectic hellhole, minus the frame drops every once in a while. But I would strongly encourage anybody looking for a big dumb hot drop to go to castle. Yeah, that's definitely a hot drop that I'm trying to, like, get the lay of the, like, get everyone who's still running around, but there's a certain point where there's going to be one or two survivors that are going to uh, kind of clam up, it seems, so if you hang out there a little too long or you head there mid to late game, Castle is probably not your friend. I can't tell you how many times I've, like, stayed too long or showed up late to Castle, mm-hmm. and you'll get someone on one of those walkways somewhere who just, like, heard you and popped up out of completely nowhere. They're, like, prone on a walkway and they just pop up and shoot you and you're like holy shit not as good as the jump scare i recorded of uh trigger last night oh my out. gosh really <laughs> you'll have to Link post in show notes. discord yeah <laughs> oh gosh 
You uh, should put it there. It's it was horrible. Like first for you. Uh, it's good for us. We like. I didn't it. think anyone was watching, and then I see the clip hit my chat, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, I was I was still actually there. I just like saw it off the side. I was like, I gotta watch that again. So I clipped it, and I was like, wait, this is actually great. <laughs> and so we saved it. But, yeah, the longer clip's actually funny because what happened is I jumped on the roof of a house on Sanhok, jumped to another roof. This is near Lakawi. Sh- shoot a guy that's up on the hill shooting me that's suppressed. Run back to the building that I originally jumped on and go in to heal. And there's a guy squ- uh, crouched in the middle of the building, not behind a wall, nothing. He didn't move a single inch the entire time I was fighting this other guy, second I walk through the door, just blows my head off. And I, I total jump scare, like I freaked out, almost lost my headphones. And I look at my, you know, viewer count because it's late at night, low, sweet, clip. <laughs> Dang it. That's awesome. It took you like five seconds of like your head in your hands, like just trying to like calm down before you even went like, you could even laugh about it and be like, oh my god, that guy didn't move at all. The guy had like <laughs> an ump and a Tommy gun, and that's like it, you know? And then, this is on Sanhok, not, this isn't us complaining about the loot on the Vikendi. This is someone with zero loot on the best loot map there is. It <laughs> so was it was, bad. it was weird, you know, like maybe like a level one vest on, you're just like, you're disgusted a little bit by it, that. It was <laughs> honestly impressive, like, how long he stood still with a firefight going in between. Mm-hmm. Because I would have heard a footstep at some point if he moved. And I'm talking probably 60 seconds of not moving in the middle of the building. I mean, it was crazy. That's called so, nervous patience. Oh, <laughs> that, right. That's going to get a cup of coffee or something and you come back. We've all done it. You come back and there's some guy standing right in front of you. And you just walk over and tap your mouse while you sit back down and blow your head off. Right, I'm sitting there thinking the worst, like, this guy planned it out, like, I'm not no. going to move, and I'm going to get this guy. That's in- intelligent so. neglect of his game, yeah. Right. So I do have one more point on Garoka before we get too far off track. Mm. Um, on the southern end of the frozen lake, there's actually a really awesome defensible compound. It's made up of four buildings and then a shack off to the east. And it has really good vision, basically for 180 degrees to the north. And then it has a pretty good, I don't know, 100 meters, maybe 150 meters worth of, uh, like, a slight hill going to the south. So if that compound is in the circle, you know, after phase three, it's worth it to get in there and take it. Because you can see in every direction... And Hang you on. can... Is, isn't this the same building Griff was talking about, the Choco's building? Is that Choco's building? Yeah, on the, the south one, end? Yeah, uh, overlooking the lake with, like, the, the dock. Yeah, the one big house, the three, like, smaller structures uh, and then the little shack. Oh, I thought we were talking about different... Yeah, that's it. Sorry. No, that's what, that's what Griff said. What Griff yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm speaking for somebody else now. <laughs> Choco, do you want me to just email Choco and just make sure it's that's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, get him in here just a sec hey, if you could just DM him real quick we can yeah, confirm. Just, just call us call us out yeah can I mention the elephant in the room yes. minus fifty two percent Tommy girl <laughs> oh my patch god notes. What are the you new patch about? notes 
The new patch oh, notes. Yeah. Oh, the what patch notes. Read them yet. Yeah, they just came out like 47 seconds ago. Mm. The Tommy oh. gun is getting a 52% reduction in drop rate, not in power, in actual lootable rate. Can we take credit for that? Because we That's talked great. about the Tommy gun. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we mentioned 52%, actually. That was well, about right. As... As uh, I'm putting up quote air quotes here, as members of the community, yeah, um, yeah. the content community, I guess we do have very little responsibility to this. But I will say that it's awesome that the, this really feels like the first time uh, that they have taken what I feel as overwhelming and resounding uh, criticism on their loot balance for this map and have decided to actually fix it. That's insane. It's great. Yeah, and you just wonder if we can keep keep bending them a little, right? See, see if yeah. they'll, they'll give us uh, more loot on Iron Gall again or something. Well, we are getting okay. a 20% uh, increase in assault rifles. That's uh, great. Like Keithy said, 52% less Tommy guns. So yeah. for all you Tommy gun lovers, I'm sorry for everybody else. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and then we're also getting the new SMG Bison, the new weapon. So that'll start flowing into uh, the SMG pool uh, loot pool. Now, I think that's going to make the Tommy gun f- reduction look a little, I guess, not look as bad. You know, when you see 52%, you're like, hey. And it's like, well, the Tommy gun is one-fourth of the now available smgs so by cutting that essentially in half then they take that half and they reallocate it to the bison into the loot table so it makes a little bit of sense if you look at it in that way it's not yeah it's not as big of a an overall smg reduction as we might want but it's definitely a huge drop in tommy guns which is it's a powerful gun but it Mm -hmm. you can't slap a scope on it i i I don't want to take it too far right um so that's great. You want to go over the rest of the stuff that's in there then? I mean, we might as well just jump yeah. into it. Absolutely. So, yeah. so all the uh, next big bullet point there is going to be decreased DMRs by 16%. They this, were rare anyway, but okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, they've, they've, they've justified it a little bit with the way that they want the game to be played on this map. Like they, They're pretty much stating that the DMR is the OP weapon for this map. Particularly, I think with the with the level three helmets. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I mean, they were saying it, when I look at the DMR, it was a you have to take it anytime you come across it because of the amount of level three helmets on the map. Mm-hmm. Because how many times did you get into the end game? You've got a car ninety eight or an M two four, and then the entire squad or duo or solo that you're up against, they've all got level three helmets. So you're like, oh great, I have to hit two clutch headshots to kill that guy. Or I can pick up a DMR and pop off, you know, two or three in a right. way shorter period of time. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was only becoming the the choice to make. And it's, it's, I love the SLR and stuff, but I don't want to have to drop a Car 98 for it. I don't want to have to think like that's a, a choice you have to make. Right. Seems a little crazy. At least want the right, choice. It keeps the loot crates, you know, really a positive, rewarding experience to get those level threes. And when you see a level three... You know, with a 49% reduction in the helmet and a 36% reduction in the armor, you're going to say, okay, that pro- guy probably has a gun. I need to approach this a little differently rather than, oh, that guy's got a level 3 and a UMP and he's just going to spray me down. Yeah, and I feel like you'll still find the helmets in, in the wild a decent amount. You know, they're only halving it, halving it. I still feel like a lot of people had 
for a level three helmet. Yeah, so it was it was it'll still, still be yeah. around, but yeah, you're gonna probably be a little more careful. Um, yeah, hundred percent. You know, looking for that. Backtracks yeah, become more too. important too. Like the you know the the loot drop, the crate. Sorry. Now that you know, we used to used to go for that thing because you would get a level three helmet and helmet and level three armor, and you could just find that anywhere, so you wouldn't bother with the drop. You know, or maybe just for an SLR or sorry, um, an SR if there was one in that. But yeah, it, it should make the drop hold again. Yeah, and I also yeah. see forty percent reduction in muzzles and magazines for snipers. Mm-hmm. That is something else that we talked <laughs> about a lot, where you'd have. Yeah five suppressors for a sniper you can't even throw them at somebody you know <laughs> they're just super useless well so. i think the biggest thing to take away from this and in, and in that same bullet point too they talked about an 11 percent increase in backpacks the big thing about this is for every you know 40 percent reduction in sniper rifle you know muzzles and magazines or they reduce the spawns for all of these other items really what this is is a stealth buff to all of the other loot and attachments on the rest of the map. So no longer is a potential loot spawn being kind of wasted essentially on sniper rifle attachments or, you know, other things that are relatively useless to you. And now that's going to be more, you know, uh, extended mags. It's going to be more scopes. It's going to be more ammo, stuff like that. Yeah, sniper rifle is the gun I'm most comfortable being naked, you know? Like, if I can just have a car 98 four times, like, we're good. We're fine. We're going to make it work. If I find, if I find an, a, you know, a DMR, I can throw my, you know, AR attachments on. There's a lot more flexibility there, so I don't need specific stuff that much for a sniper as much as I need the other things to kit out mm-hmm. my other guns, right? For sure. So, yeah, you got a good point. And hopefully that just means they're listening, and maybe they're going to adjust some of the other, some of the other things that we've been, you know, the community as a whole has been asking for, pacing, you know. The I think they're listening because the I wrote this request with um, SLR, sorry, SR suppressors in the snow, and just lined them all up and wrote it like a text message, and I took a screenshot and I sent it to um, PUBG Corp. It's forty percent reduction. They listened. <laughs> Well, these are definitely some positive improvements for the map, especially that, you know, they're taking all the criticism and the feedback so quickly and they're and they're willing to change it. The biggest thing that, to take away from all of this, too, is the fact that they said that we're going to continue to watch and monitor this. So it's not just something that they're doing based on everybody's feedback. They're doing it based on that, plus some of the other data that they have on their end. And also they're going to continue to monitor and see, like, Oh, okay, we, this didn't work out the way that we had intended it to. So there's still going to be a little tug of war back and forth between their original vision and what we feel as a community the game should do. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the hardest part about the loot conversation, at least from the community towards you know, PUBG Corp, is it's a feeling, right? There's a feeling that the loot is bad. And there were certainly some numbers behind it. But when they're rem- like lowering percentages, when they're increasing some, well, we're talking about a bunch of different loot spawn locations and percentages for items to drop. So it looks, this all looks great, but what does 20% mean when something else got lowered by 52%? Right? It's actually, it's a little more fluid than that. So I- I'm actually really excited to get in and try this 
just to see how it feels because it does feel really positive. I'm glad they're voicing their original intention. I'm glad they're listening to echo your point, Griff. I think that's probably the most positive thing I can take out of this dev letter is they're saying, Hey, we're listening, we're doing something about it and we're going to continue to listen and do something about it. Let's see if we can improve your feeling on this map. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's great. Uh, two things to take away real quick before we uh, switch topics. Um, an asterisk, asterisk to this whole thing uh, is that all of these modifications will be first applied to the test server on January 22nd, which is the day of this recording. So I'm assuming once uh, servers go back up, uh, test server will actually have been applied these new uh, loot changes. Uh, the second thing, you, uh, you were talking about the devs and their loot decisions. Did anyone else happen to catch um, Moses's latest video about um, the sort of dev Q&A about map design and loot design? The uh, only thing I remember from it was that most of them are campers. Well, I, I understand that they, they want PUBG to be as much as a survival game as it is a shooter, sometimes more so, and their rationale behind the loot on say Erangel for instance they said that one out of five times excuse me four out of five times your loot when you drop is not going to be good but one out of five times it'll be really good and i was just thinking like if your incentive to get me to play your game is that 25% or 20% of the time that it's going to be fun and the other 80% is going to be really shitty for you that's not a good sell, pal. That's. I think they're just out of touch with that. Like, making a great game, but do you play it? Do you pay attention? Like as much as you know, other people. Who, some people are putting like all of their time in. You know, you are work. These guys are working on on fixing. You know, aspects of the game or adding this. You know, very specific thing. But there are people who are playing this game every day. Those happen to be your content creators. Those happen to be your professional players. And those happen to be just those of us who get done work and go play for five hours or more, like almost every day. You know? Yeah, the most. We probably have a better feeling of how it feels. The most popular guys playing this game are not the survival players. They are Shroud, Choco Taco, K Mine, Ashik, Dr. Disrespect, Wacky Jackie. These are guys that get. 10, 15, 20 kill games. So you mean to tell me out of 100 people, they kill 20 of them? They're not there to survive, homie. They're there to frag. Yeah, but even the regular player, like, not even the regular player who doesn't even have that skill set is trying to spend half the game just trying to get okay enough for a fight. I mean, how many times do you land in a squad and only two of your members can engage past 75 meters because they don't even have a good scope or right. a gun all to do time. it all the time all the time yeah. that's not fun you know this is not surviving you know because then you just get rolled up on them by a team who had all lucky drops you know what i mean and it's like i don't know i just i don't think the survival aspect is thought of as much by everyone else mm-hmm. like yeah i want to survive because i want to win but it's about winning and right. you know the kills you get along the way yeah, you got to get killed. See, and to you win. can, and I, I actually, I agree with so many of the points you guys brought up, and this is a huge can of worms because the reason I think battle royale took off was because of it's not about winning. Ninety nine people lose every game. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 96 in the case of squads. So it is about getting that win, but it's not about winning. Hold on, it is hold about on, winning small battles. Okay, that's what? how math works. Go ahead. I was just checking the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, I think the reason that Battle Royale took off is content creators are really important, right? And they drive people into the game. Mm-hmm. The best part about Battle Royale is the like chunks in between the action, right? So yeah, these guys are out to frag, but they'll get into a fight, win that fight, and then they run to the next location and they've got two minutes to engage with their community, right? Right? Or it, it, So there's, there's that piece. It's an awesome viewer experience from the casual side. It's an awesome frag experience from the content creator side. It's got crazy stuff going on. And then you have another piece that these devs are trying to balance, which is the competitive piece. Like, these guys are making money from people playing the game, from people watching it, from people creating content. And I honestly got to hand it to them. That's a super challenging thing to juggle. Because who do you try to appeal to? Do you try to appeal to the casual player who's playing for four hours a week? Or do you appeal to the hardcore guys who are playing for 10 hours a day? Or do you play for the guys that are grinding out squads and playing a completely different play style than public drops and they're playing for 40 hours plus a week in scrims and private servers uh, trying to win tournaments? I mean, it's a super challenging problem these devs have. And I'm not trying to say that we should give them all the credit in the world, but this genre is super challenging from that standpoint. I think that's why... Look at look at the game that shouldn't be talked about, Fortnite, right? They have one map. <laughs> because I think this is the issue. They've everyone's trying to figure out how do we balance all these things in the battle royale market. And I see this dev ladder as a really positive step to say, we hear you all three communities and we're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, still think they're approaching it to casuals too much because if you think about your typical casual before and your typical casual today, um, just in gaming in general, I think it's like a whole different type of person. Like there's, there's casual takes on a new meaning because you meet casual in the fact that you're not worried about your KD and you're not worried about winning as often as everybody, but you're still putting in hours and hours every week. You know, maybe not 40 because it's not a job. You have a real job, right? But you might be putting in 20 hours during just the regular week and then playing on the weekend if you can too. And it doesn't mean you're like, uh, die hard, but you're still like you might still have like a casual experience. You might be on console chilling with your friends, but like you still have enough time in the game to realize that this doesn't feel right, and that the survival idea plays less in your mind than the I want to get kills, have fun, win type of thing. Yeah, they just have to be careful because when you try to please everybody, you please everybody no gets up. Yeah, you please no one. Yeah. So, Heathy, you were gonna say something. Oh, yeah, I was just going to, yeah, how you're saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like casual, what is casual though? Yeah, like a single game takes a better part of half an hour. You have two rounds. Yeah, you could have gone to a yoga class. Like there's no casual involved in this game. It's, it's always a commitment. You can't mm-hmm. just, you know, talk, you know, someone walks in the room and starts talking to you halfway through your game. What do you say to them? Get the, get out of here. I'm top 10, you know, like it, it's intense. Mm-hmm. There's no casual. Yeah. That- <laughs> I just I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like uh, that's that. Like Riff was saying, twenty percent of my games are supposed to be fun. The rest are supposed to be shitty. Like I love yeah. overcoming, uh, a, you know, a disadvantage drop, 
but I don't want it to be every single drop. I want to be able to like land and like part of the fun of hot dropping is just the quick interactions. I don't want to have to do it with a pistol every time. I don't want to have to take a micro Uzi into it. We can both have ARs and hot drop can still be fun. You know what I mean? Look at boot camp. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. it's still a fun hot drop. You're still doing it without a helmet on. You know, and all all gear and all like scopes and everything. But you you got weapons that can shoot from building like across all the buildings and stuff with these and still do damage you need it and everything. It's still hectic and fun and there's still that survival feeling and someone can still drop even in boot camp, find a nice corner and do the survival thing. You know what I mean? But they don't have to. Able to do it with a shitty gun. I don't know. It's just give us more guns, please. <laughs> but this is great for Vikendi. I think this is gonna bring a lot of people who like didn't like that map. I heard people already like, I'm not even dropping Vikendi anymore, or you know, I'm just dropping Sandhawk again. I just want that feeling. People well, were like, I don't want to play this. You know. One other note to bring up in that dev, dev letter, excuse me, uh, was a tiny mention about how they're going to sort of look at the existing maps, Erangale and Miramar, and potentially reevaluate them as well, based on their need in the community. So we could potentially see them boosting that up. And again, I'm bringing up uh, WTF Moses again, but he had put out a video, I guess it was like last week, uh, about why they don't balance first-person perspective and third-person perspective differently uh, because the fact of both are played differently and the competitive scene primarily focuses on first person perspective and why competitive games have a higher, um, AR DMR, uh, loot spawn and different circle timing and everything like that. Like it, it makes it harder to sort of cater to your competitive scene when the only way to play that way is either in custom games or in a competitive setting. Yeah, it's interesting, like, how that all, you know, how do you even train for, to become, like, a pro player unless you're invited to these things and you have to get, like, super involved, right? Yeah, it's I mean, not just, like, like, an easy option. Yeah, like, we're going to train to play basketball with a volleyball instead of a basketball. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're playing a completely different type of thing. Right. You know, nothing, nothing's going to feel the same. You know, I feel like in, in competitive, and this is a good way to kind of jump into the next section is you get a lot more ARs and like almost every gun has like three full ammo boxes on it instead of just the occasional like one that you find so that everyone has enough ammo to just fire off the insane amount of rounds that you hear at the end of the competitive games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then circle timing is more predictable. And what's the, Can someone explain the defining characteristics of the competitive settings? Maybe? Uh, to my understanding, it was... Um, more frequent assault rifles, uh, more ammo, like you said. Uh, the circles, I think the mid-game circles have been tuned to be more balanced, so it's like a more consistent uh, circle sizing and timing. Um, but other than that, I'm not really 100% sure. Trigger, you got anything on that? I, You know, I don't know about the circles um, and the like the overall settings. Uh, the research and stuff that I found was actually what was leaked about the global competitive situation and not region by region. So if you want to jump to that, we can talk about that. 
All right, so yeah, I mean, we already had slotted to try and talk about what was coming um, to NPL and those different changes. Um, so there was specifically a post put out called NPL Schedules Te- Schedule Teams and Format, which releases a um, just an overview of all those things. But uh, Trigger, you found something today that was interesting too, right? Yeah, so on uh, again, there's a few different posts on Reddit. None of this is confirmed but it's coming out from a number of sources that make it seem credible at the very least. But basically, on the Asia in the Asia competitive scene, it is a much more aggressive point style, meaning they get a lot higher, a lot more points per kill versus placement of the team. And in the European and NA markets the focus is on where your team finishes and less about kills. So the guys that frag the best in NA and EU aren't necessarily the best players for those competitive scenes, which is probably why, to your point, Griff, a lot of those guys that frag, they're playing public matches all day long and they've dropped out of the competitive scene. Right. Now, these changes that got leaked have been leaked in a way that it's going to be the global competitive scene, meaning all markets are going to look much more like the Asia scene, which is a much higher value placed on kills and a much lower value placed on placement. So you're going to see if this goes live, which I think would be way better for the viewer experience and they could promote the heck out of it. I already like watching it. But I like watching the end of the games because that's where it gets exciting because the beginning and middle of the matches in EU and NA right now are so slow yeah. because everyone's trying to get their placement. We want to get in the top two or three teams to get points. No, I want to watch people just get wrecked, man. I want you running across that field because you saw a guy dive down and you don't want the other team to kill him. Like, let's go. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I think this could be a really positive change for the competitive scene. And it's going to line up how people play public matches with the competitive matches, which could see some of the people that we love to watch get back into competitive, which can only be good for this game. I think it needs to happen, and I hope it comes true. I agree. All right. Yeah, it's actually funny because I've heard uh, Chaco mention on his own streams uh, that other people have told him that competitive wouldn't be like great for him because of his play style. Mm-mm. You know, he's, he's a little too curious. He's a little too, you know, much of a free roamer. Relies really often on just the fact that he's hopefully the better player, right? Yeah, he's just fast. Um, just Yeah, just faster, all that stuff. Which isn't the way that you see the games play out when you watch MPL. Which a lot of times, I'm not sure what's going on in these mid-games. I'm like, why? Like, they're right next to each other. And they don't push. Because it's just not worth it to lose a guy. Nope. And then have to make the next rotation without them. Um, and then so you see you see the spots where they hold on really long, and then there's like one really tense rotation from somebody, and then you just wait again, and then you have the final circle, and everything happens all at once, and you end up missing 75% of the kills that happen in the game, because they can only cover one or two skirmishes at a time. So some of your favorite people, or most interesting fights of the night, you'll never even see a replay of it, Mm-mm. because of the way that they currently shoot everything. So this might allow you to see more of the action, see a more like diverse spread of people getting their kills, taking people out, 
I think it's just it's got to be better, you know. And I think this is a good step in that direction. Um, and yeah, it'll, it'll give more respect to uh, teams that frag but don't necessarily win. You know, the down, you know, you're not out as long as you get those kills. So it's definitely going to up the ante. Yeah, on uh, mid game. And like you said, dude, it's amazing how that one person can swing a battle. I mean, it's it's the reason that you know games like League of Legends and Dota require so much teamwork, or even Overwatch is another good example. Like, one person not pulling their weight can really throw it for the the rest of the guys on the team. And so, you know, when you're talking about a survival situation, when one guy's gone, like, okay, we are now at a severe disadvantage compared to everybody else. And it's, it's not that it's, you know, boring necessarily to watch these guys try to win and survive but you got to feel like is there other ways to incentivize a more entertaining rate of play yeah i definitely agree with that and i think in this rumor and again i want to reiterate it's rumors it's leaks right now but i think the most interesting thing will be is when this goes live because most of the leagues are in their preseason right now and the most interesting part of these leaks to me is that they would be rolling out soon, which would mean that some of these teams that got really good at surviving may have to switch to an aggressive playstyle, which could really suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, you know, at the same time, as a viewer, I don't really care about that. I want to see people frag. I want to see crazy fights. However, I do feel for the guys that practiced and got really good at surviving but I do think, regardless of what changes are made, I think all of these scenes, all of the regions need to have the same rule set. Agreed. The fact that they weren't on the same rule set right now is the first thing I noticed. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Why Why is it different? Yeah, like, why would you... They're never your... going to want to do cross... They're never going to want to do a global competition. Yeah, like, so just take completely... I, it's going to happen. Just cripple your international play? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I like watching these tournaments anyway when I can. So I, I would love to see it because that's going to lead to more tournaments, more global tournaments, and frankly, from a viewer perspective, like I've beat to death, let's see some frags, man. That's why the big streamers are big streamers. They frag out. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want again, you know. Um, so yeah, so this post that they released kind of goes over the league structure, which uh, there was a lot of people that competed in the qualifiers. And so now there's 32 teams that are going to participate, 16 who qualified for the main league, and then there's 16 who are in the contenders league. So I guess that gives them maybe a leg up getting into the main league uh, next season. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. There's there's teams that were not fully out yet. Um, I think all of the main teams are teams that have played at a pro level before and uh, have like real organizations backing them. Um, you know, no one's just a completely wild card team from what i've heard um so that's interesting hmm. there's a million dollar prize pool over the 2019 season oh, that yeah. gets spread out uh so it's a decent amount of money for everybody um and i mean there's not too much else it seems to uh to chat on for that but i think the changes that are possibly coming that's probably the most exciting thing for someone who has maybe watched a little bit but wants to check out more for sure all right uh, any other thing on that right now? I don't think so. All right, moving on. Let's issue the challenge of the month. Let's do it. Uh, this is something we haven't done for a while. All right, so I was trying to think of something that we wanted to do, and I was thinking of the Bikini Pass and how 
much fun I wasn't having, and I wanted to do something that was a little bit fun, something that, that takes a little bit out of the game, um, and it's something you probably already wanted to see if you could do anyway. And so I want to see some uh, a montage of attempts here um, of people trying to do backflips with the snowmobile. <laughs> That's fair. So there's, from what I know, there's no way to, to pull back on it and get it to flip on its own, so you have to force it. Hmm. Oh, I, I just thought this else. was something you could just do like a motorbike. So you, would, you have to kind of crash into a rock while you do it or something to make it happen. I think there has to be like a very special set of circumstances to get this or, thing to flip. I've, I now have a really, a really important question. If you accomplish the backflip at Garoka, is that worth bonus points for the location highlight? Mm. Hmm. I think it has to be. Definitely. It's arbitrary yeah. internet points. So yes. Yeah, if they're fake yeah, yeah. internet points, then yeah, you'll get a million. You can a million. Have double. double. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to winner, winner, where the points. points are made up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so I want to see people, like, if you, if you do this with an awesome loadout, do it anyway, and you blow up... If you fall over and lose half your health and something funny happens, if you don't land but you land on someone else, you know, uh, show me the, the failures as much as you show you know any good attempts, if we get anyone who can pull it off. Um, so far, I've heard of one person who got it, and I'm not going to bring up who it is, Aww. so you don't get the easy location, um, but um, it's possible. Where would people submit these to, Mr. One Heart? Send them into the Discord. Uh, send links uh, through Twitter at um, the winner winner if you can. I mean, mostly the Discord though. I think the Discord is the easiest place to kind of to link this. If you send it to me or someone on or winner winner account on Twitter, um, we'll probably just try and direct you to the Discord. And in and the, you in there in the Discord, it's called Challenge Way of Life is the place to submit those videos, clips, pictures, whatever. Yeah, so we haven't done anything like this in a while. Um, so I was thinking maybe what we could do is get someone a special rank and name color within Discord that they can rock until we do another one of these. So you'll have a little bit of a uh, little bit of internet Stunts. clout. Yeah. yeah. Real uh, internet, internet clout. Wow. Ooh, yeah. Color changes. The skin. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Discord skin. <laughs> Custom Discord yeah. skin. Yeah. Tradable on all markets. Magenta. Nope. Locked. Ooh. Locked to one person, actually. Nice. But yeah, a little, little Discord clout, but just something fun. I want to see all the attempts, and uh, if no one can pull it off, I guess we'll do most spectacular fail. So, I mean, just really go for it. Well, if awesome. if right. you guys want, uh, I've got a bit of a challenge after this one I'd like to submit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you guys well, a video. Well, hold off on it. Yeah. Hold off on it. All right. So, that's our challenge here. We also wanted to talk a little bit about one other game, something that has gotten people interested, and that is Row or Ring of Elysium. And so, Heathy, you you give us a little background on this. You want to kind of jump into this for us? Yeah, man. Yeah, I've been playing it a bit. Well, it started with a, a, a bad night on PUBG with my regular Friday night squad. We were just getting our asses kicked. And, yeah, just, and you know, when you're trying to bring your team up and you say, no, it's not that bad, and then after a while you just go, oh, this is, this is hopeless. And then we all came around to the conclusion that we all actually had downloaded ROE and so we just gave it a whirl and we won our first game and, and we're all kind of talking to each other going like nah this, this is too easy because the gun play in it is a bit easy compared to PUBG like you can just aim at people and pull the trigger basically 
Yeah, there's not no recoil management. At least no, there's a little bit. But little if, bit. if you never played anything else before, it, it you might, might notice have. it. But, yeah, but if you're coming from if PUBG, you're gonna be yeah, like, oh exactly. wow, this is different. You're good to go. But um, they've just released a new patch for this game as well, where they they kind of just rebuilt the whole thing. So you get a there's a new map now, which is called Europa. Um, and I don't know if you guys know the premise of the game, but you start with. Um, Equipment, different equipment. So you can start with a hang glider, or the old one was a hang glider, a snowboard, and there was like a. I don't know, like a grappling kit. Yeah, like a climb, I think they the called it the one. climbing pack. There was climbing a climbing pack. Yeah, pack. it was like a pulley that you could use on fixed cables that were already set and you could clip onto them and, and zip up and down. So. Uh, Which was that, pretty that much useless. It just, yeah, it was. It, it was good to sit at the end of those cables because you knew someone was going to come eventually. And then once they're halfway up the cable, you could you could stand there and like wave at them. There's nothing they can do. You could just shoot them off the cable. And that that was excellent fun. But so the new, yeah, the new map, they've got rid of that. They've got the grappling hook now, which kind of shoots like a double cord straight out of your hips at whatever you're aiming at. It's only got a range of about 20, 30 meters, but you can fly like straight in through a window, and then you hang from the roof like Batman. It's more like Spider-Man, I suppose, actually. But this thing has a cooldown, so you can shoot three of them and then it has to cool down. Um, that, was that way you don't just keep slinging all over the map. And if you happen to have shot your third one and you're up a really high building, it, the cooldown doesn't um, restart until you're back on the ground. So you just you just time out and then you drop off and you, you normally kill yourself because you've, you've flown up too high. So it stops people just flying up a tree, for instance, and just waiting for someone to walk past because they eventually they, they, the hooks just release and you fall down. But um, there's some pretty cool new guns in it as well. Well, there's also, so aside from the glider, which stayed, and the grappling hook, you got that mm. BMX bike as well. The BMX is great, yeah. So the glider used to be really OP because the map was really hilly, and the new map is not so hilly. So the meta at the moment is pretty much the grappling hook, but the BMX is, is really fun. You don't just jump on and off it. You kind of whip it out you know just kind of appears underneath you but you, you kind of do like a tail whip and you jump onto the bike and you can do tricks whilst traversing the map as well which really breaks up the boredom when you you know when you're well out of zone um yeah so you actually really, go like really 50 kilometers too yeah like yeah, 50 kilometers per hour yeah, 50 so it, that's you really humming you can chase cars down well you, i chased you a really boat jump. down the other night because <laughs> i've been playing a lot too i chased yeah, a boat yeah. on the river and I just shot someone clean out of it. His buddy jumped out trying to clean, you know, finish it. We ended up getting him too. It was great. You know, yeah, that awesome. thing, I think yeah. the boat, the one boat, the raft boat goes maybe like 75 and I had to do some winding and I just, we were just buzzing along and got this guy and I was like, it's no great. way I just caught up, you know? So I think the so max the speed of anything is like maybe a hundred kilometers an hour. So yeah, you can, you can, you can traverse the map a lot faster than by normal hoofing it. And it's way quieter than any of the vehicles. So you can kind of sneak up on someone and all you're going to hear is probably within 20 meters or so, you'll hear a little chain know. noise, you know? I think it's a bit louder than, than that. I, I really notice it because the chain doesn't sound like it's, you know, like you'd expect it to be a rusty chain or something to give you away, but it sounds like a really over-lubricated chain. Like it's a really sloppy sort of sounding chain. <laughs> yeah, but if is, someone's firing off in a yeah. fight, if you're in a fight, yeah. you know, especially, you know, when you get into squad play, or you get to multiple teams fighting at any point, all that gunfire and stuff going around, you can send a flanker in on a bike, and they'll cover a large amount of you know distance, and you, you probably won't hear that happening. Because um, things right, get really confusing cool. and really 
really intense, really fast still, just kind of like, yeah. you know, PUBG. Um, Particularly the end game when the helicopter comes. See, I, sorry, I probably should have mentioned that. So, so the end game, to win, a helicopter comes to rescue four survivors. And you've got to climb up the ladder to the helicopter. It doesn't land. It just hovers. And then kind of a storm will start. So the old storm used to be a snowstorm. Now it's a firestorm because a volcano is erupting. Of course. And, yeah. <laughs> but it gets really intense because the helicopter is very loud as well. So if you've got a suppressor in that, you know, in the top 10, it's it's pretty OP, really, because no one knows. No, one can, shot no one can hear you at all, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's the only end game with, like, a real like story to it right like there's a reason that everyone has to leave that you know is kind of set up and the final you know the final way out is open to anybody more than one team can leave you know in duos you could have four four winners in solos although if there's only four people left and you try going for the rope yeah, I think you're going to get yeah. shot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it makes a really wanna... good balance of where people when people are, are they going to run for the ladder or are they going to hide? Because when the final storm happens as well, you're all shown on the the mini map as as a, like a radar blip every I don't know ten seconds or so. So you can't you can't really just camp in a bush and shoot whoever's going up the ladder because people can work out where you are. But um, the BMX is great in that final circle because you can. You know, you think about how you rotate in PUBG. You can rotate on a BMX. You can go around the whole helicopter like three times, and and just get someone to try and step out of a bush and shoot at you. And you can just duck behind cover and you know hope for the best, or engage them. But um, yeah, they they had a couple of new guns put into this one as well from the new patch, which is uh, the light machine guns, which they haven't had in the game at all up until now. So we've got the what do you call it? The MG4, which is an airdrop only weapon. That thing rips. Yeah, that thing it's pretty fun. It's like the M249 in PUBG, very similar to that. Yeah, um, but like no kick. But yeah, you can only put a scope on it, I believe. I don't think you can put anything else. Maybe a grip. But that's that's yeah. pushing it. And then um, there's the so PKM. Sorry, man. What was that? Can I can I give you guys my perspective on the game and Please. then ask you guys to tell me whether you honestly think I should try it or stay away? Yeah. Okay. So I played, right? I was super stoked for Blackout, right? So I got Blackout, went all in for a month. And what I found in Blackout was it was really focused on equipment, right? It was focused on grenades and flashbangs and nine bangs and grappling hooks and, right? All the things that are not gunplay. Hmm. And so after a month, it got really sweaty and it became an equipment meta. And that's ultimately what drove me back to PUBG because I, my honest opinion is that PUBG is a very good gunplay game. It, it rewards people that play strategically and have good, good gunplay mechanics. Now my background comes from Counter-Strike where it's a very much patterned recoil. So I, I don't mind patterned recoil. I don't mind less recoil. I think that has a great place in the FPS and BR um, scope. But what I'm worried about with ROE, and I've watched it, and it's kind of fun to watch. The reason I've stayed away from it is I look at things like the bike and the glider and the grappling hook, and I say, the reason I didn't like Blackout, the reason I didn't get into Fortnite, is because it just seems like it's going to go into meme land really quick. And they're just going to have to keep adding equipment, which makes me not want to get good at it when I can play the game that has the gunplay and strategy. And they're focusing on that. PUBG's focusing on that versus the other games are trying to 
make it kind of focused on equipment. So that's yeah. kind of my position on why I haven't jumped in. So what do you guys say to that? Yeah, I feel the same way about, like, that with Fortnite. That's why, like, I started playing Fortnite on PlayStation, and I liked it at first, and then, you know, they kept adding things, like trampolines, and you felt like the goalposts keep moving. Like, you got good at shooting people, and next minute you're getting killed because some guy just launched himself in the air and flew across the map. And, and this game definitely does have a bit of that. I think the, the general player skill with, with the gunplay is a lot lower than PUBG, so you... You could you could run without actually using your equipment, and you'd still do pretty well. Even, you know, because I think even more so on this map. Yeah. Um, as far as the what gunplay if, itself goes, sorry, Griff. Sorry. Jump oh in? no, 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 sorry, I was just oh, no, that adjusting was, my mic. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. As far as the gunplay itself, the biggest uh, mitigating circumstance really is the bullet drop. It's really intense. Anything over 100 meters, your bullets just hit the ground. So. Sniping in this game is a real skill. And yeah, if anyone's further than 100 metres away, you're just guessing because there's no, there's no test server to, to practice on or anything like that, like, like the good old days at PUBG. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I probably think you wouldn't like the game for the reasons that you've specified there, Trigger. Okay, that's yeah. fair. What do you think, Art? I don't think you need the kit. So I think when it was on Dion, which was the snow map that it had, it had so much verticality that it ma- didn't make much sense to pick up the uh, anything other than the glider because you could take the glider and you could jump off a house and just go across the street really quickly. So if you're going and you're doing city fights, the glider is still getting on top of the roof that you're on and taking you from you know a bad angle. If you're up on a mountain, these guys are just flying way above you and can fly the entire map and you can barely do anything to them. Not to mention, they could shoot at you with an SMG. So at that point, I was starting to like be like, "Whoa! All right, there's absolutely no point in the climbing pack." The only advantage I had at that point was it had um, the most like space. It was like a level three yeah. bag, but you don't need that much stuff. You, you know, you you can carry it all. But this is a game where you could really get away with kind of having like a base level one backpack. You didn't need a million things, especially if you're going to go around killing people and just taking more and more of their stuff um and then the snowboard was in a position where it was the middle tier backpack and some mobility but it couldn't do it didn't do well on flat ground and you couldn't go uphill with it so it had very limited use too on the new map the glider isn't very very useful but it could still be used you know strategically from certain drops and then you can kind of get rid of it and not worry about it too much I still think it's going to be the least used out of them, but the BMX bike is good if you want to be someone who's running town to town or even just rotating a lot and trying to keep your rotations good. And then the grappling hook is for someone who wants to maybe like drive from town to town and then fight in cities only, right? Because it gives you movement options. But I don't think you need anything to do well. You know, you don't need one kid or the other. They just help, you know? So I don't think anything relies on it. Um, as long as they fix a few of the little annoying things that you can do with the grappling hook right now. But that's about yeah, it. Yeah, I think with the, with the PUBG background, with your with your audible senses just being tweaked to the max, finding people with the grappling hook is quite easy because you can hear where they shoot the hook and so you know where they're going. So you can even you can turn to where they're going to be before they even get there. And just, um, yeah, aim at the grapple yeah. point, you know. Yeah, and you, because there's a little delay as well because if you hit the side of a wall with the grapple, you, you have to stand there for a second well, you can, you can release it before you get there, but most people don't. They end up just sticking to the wall for a second and then they drop down or they shoot off somewhere else. 
So yeah, just with your, your PUBG skills, you'd, you'd smash this game. But if you just think of it as casual fun, which is basically what I'm how I'm playing it at the moment, I'm not, I'm not taking it too serious. It's not like it, yeah, it's what it just feels like a nice little break from PUBG. If, if it's all just a bit too sweaty over in the PUBG corner, you go over here and have a laugh, and you you do a kick, you know, backflip with your BMX, and you kill a bunch of people. It's it's, it's quite fun. The way the Lord intended it. Bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, you kind of like you kind of looked between the lines there. My I when I play FPS specifically of any kind, BR, Counter Strike, whatever, I am all about the win and getting better and finding ways to get better. So I, I don't really play any shooters casually, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me specifically, you know, my, my thought was I was going to play that game on a patch night for PUBG, but we keep recording on patch nights. <laughs> so I don't know when that's going to happen, well, you know, you but I think your point's right. I mean, if I'm going to play something casually, uh, yeah, I'd jump in and check it out, but I don't think I'm going to get in there and, I mean, there's super there's still some guys that grind the leaderboards and do all that. And from what I hear, you know, when I watch them play, they they definitely have strategies and they definitely have rotations that they're using, and they definitely like you know, they definitely still approach it from the same competitive level that you'd expect. But a lot of people are yeah. just in there having fun. And for me, if I want to sweat, I'm going to go to PUBG. Yeah. yeah. There are moments that get sweaty when I play row, but by and large, it's it's just like let's get in, have a good time, and do all the things you'd like to do in a first person, plus BMX bikes, plus you know grappling onto a house and owning a guy who was just being oblivious. Because if you know, there's plenty of counterplay in this game to everything, um, but you know there's still there's still ways to like really outplay someone, which is why I like playing Blackout still. You know, you can just completely overwhelm someone's senses and take them over but a good player will still know exactly where you're coming from and get you so you know there's still the counterplay it's not as maybe not as level in every fight as PUBG it probably doesn't have the same level of competitive aspirations but not every BR needs to be the sweatiest thing in the world yeah, yeah I think that just gives you that Sorry, I think yeah. this game would do amazing amazing on on xbox mm. like great for consoles yeah. i think they would eat it up i think they would nice. eat up the format it would be just just fun and you know quirky enough for them to be like you know i'll play it with some guys who don't play games as much that more casual gamer the guy who didn't get into PUBG because there was just so much going on you know it holds your hand with things like auto attaching you know if you pick up a gun and you already had a decked out gun and they're compatible it'll just switch all the all the attachments out you put your extra stuff in the bag. Um, it auto tries to like auto reload your weapon when you pick it up. You know it does a lot of things for you that make it easier to bring a friend in who can shoot. You know they can click on heads, but they can't wrap their head around like. So wait, I got to manage this and this and that. Like not so much. You know, so it's it's more approachable to bring people into the battle royale genre as a whole, and it's uh, definitely like more like casual, loose fun. For someone who maybe is just getting a little burnout on every game, feeling like uh, you're just facing pros in PUBG, you know, it's, it's yeah. the gateway drug to PUBG. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I think in a in a kind of summary statement, and I appreciate the conversation because I think you opened my eyes to a couple things with the game, and I think from an overall standpoint, I think competition in the BR genre is a really really good thing. 
and where I probably overanalyze it is I'm looking at kind of like the long term and speculating on what's going to happen, right? With again, I'm looking at Blackout and they're adding equipment and attachments in Fortnite. Uh, did what's in my opinion the ultimate sin in a, a FPS of any kind? And they added a rocket launcher. I've always said that's the death of a game in FPS when they add a rocket launcher. I thought it was launcher. the airplane myself. <laughs> Just but... to blow something up. <laughs> That's a, that's after the rocket launcher. So it was dead at that point to me, but I think competition's good. And I just look at what happened with fix PUBG, right? It wasn't this massive overarching changes that made a bunch of small fixes to give us a really good experience at the end of it. And now they're listening to the most common feedback on the latest content they produced. So I, you know what, I'll probably try it. I'll check it out, but I'm still kind of sold on what's going on in PUBG right now at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take over your your PUBG game. I don't think it's going to take over anyone's PUBG fix, right? It's not going to scratch that same itch. But if you go into it, like you know, you're playing, you played Blackout every once in a while, it's just like, or at least how you play Blackout after you're done like sweating on it. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, yo, this is just fun. Like it's just fun. If I die, we just load up again. It's about getting in engagements and and just you know seeing what happens and getting your own fun play and then being like GG to someone who gets you, you know, in a goofy way it would never happen in PUBG. You know, it's just, yeah. it's the possibilities of, of like an awesome fun play or of like something really interesting happening that you're not used to. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I mean, they're, they're trying things out specifically with mobility, which I think is really cool. And it's not like all the different grenade types and all this competition and all these different formulas, I think is going to push every game to get stronger and what they're good at and maybe try some new things. So I, I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, and one thing you would like is that grenades are even less lethal in row than they are in PUBG. And that's like, mm-hmm. there's not throwables. There's smokes and there's grenades and there's an arc I'm for them, listening. but there is no charging the grenade. <laughs> you know, you can't like just cook a grenade, grenade and throw it in and just like insta-give somebody. You throw it into a room, they're going to have enough time to get behind something or get out of the room, jump down the steps. You know, you throw it somewhere, you can react to grenades. So there's like, there's not all those That's things good. that are going on. It does come down to a certain sense, your gunplay and how you can use the mobility you po- chose in the beginning of the game, right? So, like, if you have the BMX bike, but there's not many lanes to flank because it's really rocky, you're going to be mad you to bring that grapple. But if you're in an open field and all you have is the grapple, it might not do enough for you, you know? Yeah. So cool. So you can still screw yourself by the choice you make because you're like, I'm landing here and I need it. Like, a lot of the choices you make for the kit are determined on where you specifically start, because you don't you don't jump out of a plane and fly there. You pick a gr- spot on the grid. You know how many other players are going to be there, roughly. In squads, you can land on the same tile or start on the same tile, so kind of like hide how many people could be there. But in solos, you know how many people are with you, so you pick for that first engagement and maybe where you have to move. But you don't think full game hmm, usually, interesting. so you can get screwed. I do like that mechanic. So you get a top, you, know, you get a, a map view, and you and you pick a tile on the map. Basically, it's divided up into, I don't know, two hundred, three hundred tiles. But you know, you pick somewhere hot. You click right on like the observatory or wherever, and you see all these people around you. And then then they all leave just before the timer finishes, and you end up clicking on a hot drop, and you're the only one there. So and you, get yeah, you can thing. intimidate people by clicking right next to their square, hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, sometimes when I solo, I like to just wait on the one guy who thought he had a whole town to himself 
and right in like two seconds, I just land right next to him <laughs> and go <laughs> immediately panic. chase him. And it's like, oh god, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the winds are a bit hollow in this game because of that. The helicopter has four seats, so if, if one person from your team gets on that helicopter, your whole team gets the win. So potentially sixteen people per a game. Oh, that's win. crazy. As on this on this stats, so your win hmm. stats are really high. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because, like, unless you get to that, sir, like, you know, like, unless you're in the thing and you're patrolling and you get to the helicopter early, a lot of people get in and they set up about 150 to 100 meters away from it so that they will have to run in and not, like, they're not right on top of it. It's, like, not a recommended play. And you want to have your scopes out and be waiting. And there's a lot of, like, healing going on, like, out healing because the whole area becomes unplayable. And it gets, you know, progressively worse. It used to get progressively colder, which is more damage. In this sense, it's uh, more ash hmm. that gets you. So the, both of those things obscure your vision and make it really hard to see. Right under the plane or the helicopter is, like, even more, like, dust blowing up and stuff. And uh, if it comes to, like, a stalemate, they end up doing these, like, pings every five, maybe, like, like eight seconds or something like that. So that a, a camper will just see a dot getting closer and closer. And within a few of those dot, you know, you're going to have someone right on your back and they'll shoot you. And so everyone's losing more and more health, like rapidly. And the people getting the kills get these 10 second, um, little things called adrenaline rushes where you don't take any more damage during that time. So you could potentially, you, you don't take any storm damage. You still take storm damage. damage. Oh yeah. You'll still yeah. take bullet damage, but, but that, like, I think that's a really clever mechanic that forces you to get out there and, and kill someone in that, in that last few seconds of the game. So you can mm-hmm. actually have the, enough life to get up the ladder. Yeah, it's not and just out healing yeah. every yeah. time. Yeah. So it, it, there's a way to they made they built a mechanic in like halfway through season one, which was snow, to let people be aggressive because it was becoming too many heal offs and stuff. And then like games where nobody made the ladder, um, which obviously is annoying. But like, yeah, so the camper doesn't always win. You know, a lot of times the camper will be in a good position to just shoot the last guy, but camper does not always win it's always pretty smart to move at least a little bit when they start showing your location um you know just a little at least a little bit Particularly with the bmx because that you said that about that ping on the minimap you ping once with the bmx you can move across the whole minimap in the time your next ping happens so they think you'll come from one direction and you can come from a completely different side and you know where they are because they saw you you saw them yeah yeah they haven't moved yeah. um so yeah the end games are just way different um they're really intense in their own way. But, I mean, yeah, I just think it's it's a fun take on something that, on the surface, looks like it's some sort of, like, a PUBG clone. But at the end of, you know, after you play it long enough, you realize they're really different games, and you got to think about them differently and, you know, enjoy them as separate things. And I think they've done a good job of making it unique, you know? Yeah, you guys kind of took me from being relatively uninterested, if I'm being honest, to... Yeah maybe paying attention and i think the things that you guys just mentioned that really made me say oh that's kind of cool like this idea of the weather being the circle i think that's a really cool take on it because i was sitting here while you guys were docking being like what's the blue zone is it just like a alien laser i mean what is that (laughs) it's cool it's not it's not a circle either they they kind of divide the map up into chunks very similar to the um the way they did it in the uh, counter-strike did you ever go at the Counter-Strike um, Battle Yeah, Royale? I played one game. Yeah, it's garbage. <laughs> it I tried done. to have a go at it today. It, didn't, it wouldn't even put me in a game. But, um, yeah, it's kind of broken up like a jigsaw, you know, and, and some of those pieces get greyed out 
until you're just left with a with a few. Yeah, there's a lot less like prediction you're gonna be able to do um, with that, and it's like a real thing. Like you're not like, what is the blue? Like what's the gas? You know what I mean? It's like no, right. no, no, you're just gonna freeze your ass off, or you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna die of smoke inhalation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like those are. Underneath the helicopter. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room for environmental updates to this genre. I mean, that's just a really, I think, I mean, they're doing some smart stuff. I think it's good. And the volcano one's cool. I I saw that on a stream. I was watching, I think it was maybe Pony Off EU, um, that the ash is actually really cool. It's a neat effect when you're running through the ash. Like that was actually noticeable when you mentioned it. I immediately got brought back to having watched that and thinking it was cool. And you can't see in and out either. Like it's not like someone can go and play the blue. Right, like it is a noticeable environmental like change. It gets really dark and really hard to see. And there's for the ice, it was like this really crystallized ice wall that you couldn't see that well into or out of. And now it's like a firewall that just looks really, really cool. Uh, and you know, you can see, you can see out and in like above it, but there's like a ten meter high buffer that you can't see into and out of. So there's no like, not that there's no, but there's less like camping the zone unless you know someone's like chasing you you know like there's it's, less of those things it's really noisy when you're in the blue zone as well so if you're running in you do you are at a disadvantage if you run straight in behind someone that's sitting behind a rock they heard you coming a mile away and all you heard was you know so it's i think i think that's a fair advantage they got in a zone first you know they shouldn't be at a disadvantage because of that because you just come stumbling out right in front of them but I'm still waiting to see uh, a BR where the blue zone just kills you instantly. Like that, that would really get That'd people. That'd be hilarious, or, or at least make it an option right. for a custom game. Uh, you could do that in customs for pub, actually. Can so you? Can you, can you turn it up to to a million? I mean, so you can just turn just it up to a full hundred. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. But I mean, yeah. He so he did he did a game like that. I remember watching it on one of his custom days or something, and it was it was a really intense game, and, and it really did get people moving to the yeah. next smaller circle like way earlier because you know if that thing just tickles you yeah god forbid you death, take any you know, damage like, yeah that's awesome yeah like because it, it'd be interesting like oh maybe I could tickle it's like no you can't you can't even <laughs> play with it no flirting and I would assume even if you're on squads and you tried that it would be like it would touch you it would down you and then it would just roll over and kill you too so yeah. you know there's really no chance so that would be fun yeah all right, so that about wraps so, it up, right? Well, somebody uh, yeah. has any other talking points. Uh, I just want to say that I've set up a Instagram for the Winner Winner podcast community because we didn't have one, or if we did have one, I couldn't Yay. find it. Um, so that's Winner Podcast or Instagram.com forward slash Winner Podcast. The Winner Winner podcast title was already taken by like a, a right wing politician or something. It's, that's quite. In- quite fun to have a look at their photos but it's not related to yeah. us at all uh, i'll see if we can get the link put in our show notes for that yeah, that's what Heath wants you to think mm, hey yeah, girl hey yeah. <laughs> yeah no politics and the only religion here religion here is pubg so uh, <laughs> so thanks for making that that's awesome uh just another way to interact i think maybe we'll end up putting some of those uh backflip fails and backflip success stories with the uh, snowmobile in there and uh, some other user content stuff that we can kind of put in there you know tag you in it Um, that could be a fun way to kind of add some of the community stuff that we get going on 
So uh, look for that, and we'll, we'll see how we can kind of develop that a little more. Um, and then signing off, you know, uh, we're going to have uh, links in the show notes for all the stuff for console that came out. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of different links because, like I said, uh, PlayStation and Xbox are on different schedules. There's some extra information there. We'll put the, uh, the notes, the dev letter for PC in there, which is pretty long. Lots more than uh, we got into. It was too new for us to really dive fully into that. But there's some really interesting stuff as I was kind of just glancing at it. Um, and then I want to thank uh, Spiffy Man for the music. And then I want to just go over where we can find you guys. Uh, Trigger, why don't we start with you? Yeah, uh... Twitch, Twitter, and Discord. The best place to find me is probably Twitch. That's when I've got my attention on gaming and chatting about it. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash MTB Trigger. Uh, same handle on Twitter. It's MTB Trigger there. And on Discord, I am in the uh, Winner Winner Discord, which will be in the show notes uh, all the time. I check in periodically throughout the day. And you can always DM me with questions, thoughts, ideas. Awesome. Um, I want to just say something about Griff's latest video on um, YouTube. He's uh, <laughs> Why You Suck at PUBG video series is, is really quite amazing. And I've just recently well, watched you, number three. I de- definitely recommend people check that out. Absolutely, details, yeah. Uh, so again, Grifflicious. Uh, I stream on Twitch as well. Uh, I try to stream every Thursday if I can. Uh, as of right now, that's my concrete scheduled day. Uh, other than that, I try to you know get a couple days in here or there. Um, but YouTube.com slash Grifflicious, G-R-I-F-F-L-I-C-I-O-U-S, is the best place to find that content. And I'm trying to get on a regular content release schedule for uh, Why You Suck at PUBG as well. So should be having videos come out more regularly and not the uh, three or four month apart <laughs> the way I've been doing it. So They're really cool. Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitch TV as well, Twitch TV forward slash Heathy Keithy. Uh, not doing much streaming at the moment because the internet just can't handle it, but I like to put videos up every now and then. And how about you, One Hunt? Yeah, and Heathy, you're getting a nice little upgrade soon, right? To the uh, oh, town or something like that? Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Okay. Yeah. So, not coming soon, but coming right. eventually. That sounds like a PUBG line. It's coming yeah. eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys can find me in the Discord. I am uh, always there. And uh, other than that, I'm on Twitter, at the One Heart Live, And uh, you'll just see me tweeting about all things PUBG and gaming in general. Um, so I guess that's really it. Um, Thanks again, guys, for coming on. Uh, might have been a little one of our more disjointed episodes. We're just trying to figure some of this stuff out. A lot of new information coming in here. But uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, stop by the Discord. We'll put links to that. Anything else, guys? Yeah, I was going to say we got a lot of great feedback, some good construct- constructive feedback as well. Uh, if there's something you want to hear about, if there's a topic you want us to dig into, do not be shy about it. Right, we're, we'll dig into anything. Uh, there's topics that some of these guys love that I don't, and vice versa. So, if you've got something you want to hear about, let us know. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So, always come to the Discord for that. Um, otherwise, right, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya. See you guys. Do we, do we clap again? Can we clap now? <laughs> <laughs>